Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dennis Mellon about energy vampires and how leaders drive positive cultures. Dennis Mellon, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, uh, Dr. Westover. Appreciate the opportunity. Oh, thank you very much. And please call me John. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to have the conversation with you today. We're going to be focusing on this concept of energy vampires and what that means for teams and organizations and how leaders can drive a more positive workplace culture. As we get started, I wanted to share Dennis's bio with everybody. Dennis is a leader, motivator, mental performance mentor, and passionate athletic coach. Enthusiastic leadership and followership are his trademarks. He brings a high level of energy and passion to every group he engages. Weaving personal anecdote and experiences with specific calls to action are key elements in his goal to bring education, inspiration, and entertainment to a variety of audiences. Dennis brings years of experience as a 28-year retired Alaska airline fleet captain, retired Air Force lieutenant colonel, and command pilot. His experiences, consulting, teaching, and coaching include building and directing training programs, leading and directing operational teams, IOSA flight safety auditor, and developing new leadership from a unique perspective. These experiences provide insightful stories to connect his audience to the foundations for leading organizations, building relationships, connecting people, and engaging teams in their vision and purpose. The focus in his sessions is on helping each organization, team, and individual build more positive minds, teams, and cultures. With worldwide presentations in such places as Kenya, the Philippines, and uh, Cape Verde, Dennis emphasizes how diverse views can lead to innovation and new ideas. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, before we launch on into the conversation, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context? No, I'm liable to put everybody to sleep with all that on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you have quite the career, quite the, uh, the range of experiences. That's awesome. And I love to, to learn from from people with uh, diverse backgrounds. So I'm excited to have this dialogue with you today. As we get started, I thought first of all, we could kind of uh, set the table in terms of why it's important for leaders to drive positive cultures and some of the things they can do to start developing a sustainable positive culture. Well, just like in athletics, uh, you know, uh, it's important to be in the moment, be where your feet are planted so that uh, and, and using your eyes to focus on uh, what's in front of you. Um, the importance of uh, being positive, uh, you know, we, we, we're going to have events come at us all the time. We have no control over those events, but our, our reaction to those events 
is what can influence the outcome. If we do nothing, we're going to let the uh, event drive the outcome. Uh, if, if uh, at best we're going to influence, and hopefully we'll have a considerable amount of influence. And if we're looking at the future, and we're looking at it with fear, or we can look at it with some faith that things are going to work out. Uh, if it hasn't happened yet, why would we pick fear? Let's have let's see what we can positively do to influence that outcome. So that's the gist of uh, uh, what I look at as positive leadership. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I think it, it, it approaches leadership from an abundance mindset rather than a scarcity or limitations mindset. Of course, we're going to have limitations. Of course, we're going to have challenges and roadblocks in our way as we're trying to help our team be successful, as we're trying to help our organization meet its objectives. But it, it all comes back to kind of our mental model and our attitude and how we approach those challenges uh, in, in determining really what we're going to do in responding to them. And most organizations, um, and this, uh, not to point fingers or to, to pass blame or, or, or fault on any in specific individual, but the, just the nature of the way organizations are set up. They're set up uh, to, and bureaucracies exist to maintain the status quo and to perpetuate the existence of current, you know, processes and procedures, right? And inevitably, though, things change. And so organizations by their nature are designed to not change, yet we're in a world where we have to constantly be changing. And so I, in my experience, many organizations simply aren't well equipped culturally to deal with the uh, ever existing need for pivoting and change and adaptation. And, and so when the roadblocks uh, emerge, there's a lot of, uh, of just trying to figure out how can we make what we've always done work for the future instead of re-examining what have we done in the past, what can we change, what, uh, you know, you know, what policies, practices, and procedures will no longer serve us moving into the future. And ultimately, uh, how can we make sure that we're, we're uh, adjusting to adapt to the new ever-changing world around us? And I think what you just said, uh, if we have that kind of a mindset, that will, will give us a better chance of, of making that, those kind of necessary adjustments because we have an abundance attitude, we have a good positive attitude, but when we have a more scarcity or limited kind of uh, fixed mindset, uh, we're, we're going to just beat our heads up against the wall with frustration every time we come about, you know, these, these different challenges. Yeah, it's interesting you bring it up that way, because uh, one of the things that I look at, in fact, it's going to be the subject of my next book, is uh, uh, athletic teams, uh, high school and college in particular. Imagine this, uh, every year they lose their senior leadership. How does that impact the culture? And how do you perpetuate a good culture or create a, a better culture within within a team like that? And it applies to uh, uh, imagine the uh, uh, cultural change that happened after Steve Jobs left uh, Apple and uh, Tim Cook took over. I mean, they're they're not they're two different leadership styles. So the culture is going to change slightly, but how do you how do you keep um, keep it fresh? Keep it keep it leaning forward, keep it moving towards, uh, towards the outcomes that you're looking for. And uh, that, that's, a, a, that's a, the very essence of, uh, of uh, positive leadership is creating that culture where you're constantly developing the growth mindset, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's fantastic. So 
you you talked a little bit about what um, positive leadership is, why it matters. What are some specific things that leaders can do to try to drive those positive cultures? Well, I think one of the keys is is uh, establishing uh, uh, great communications where we feel uh, where I can reveal some vulnerability to John and John can reveal some vulnerability to Dennis, but also it creates that trust environment where we can exchange ideas freely. And once we have that communication set, it leads right into uh, connecting with everyone and then uh, goes on to uh, uh, gaining commitment and showing that you care. Uh, and once you have that culture established or you're trying to perpetuate it or um, uh, improve it in a continuous improvement process, um, then you know success should follow all along with that. Uh, it's a step-by-step -step process. You can't take care of everything all at once, but uh, it 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 uh, it starts with uh, being positive within yourself, influencing those around you, and those influencers move on to uh, to uh, the the rest of the team or the rest of the company. And I think that's my concept about being a being. You know, if if you have a company, you're in an environment that's boiling and roiling and steam's coming and everything. If you're that being that can go in there and change that ordinary water into gourmet coffee, that's the uh, that's that's the way you uh, um, uh, influence the team's performance, influence the success of the team, or and 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 therefore the company or 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 the world. If you're you know if we're looking at a macro level. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And it, it really is, I mean, culture changing, organizational culture is challenging. So, and, and culture emerges naturally anytime you get two or more people together. And so um, whether we like it or not, there will be a culture that emerges within our team, within our organization. The question is, are we being reactionary to a, a culture that just bubbles up organically or are we being strategic and purposeful about the type of culture we want within our organization so the ideal scenario is you have a leader uh who you know whether it's a uh, whether it's the ceo of a large corporation or uh, a leader a manager over a small team that leader hopefully from the very beginning they start to put the time in and set the stage the foundation for the type of culture they want within their team uh and then they in a sustainable way, they give continual attention to it so they can establish and maintain that kind of desired culture. Uh, and, and hopefully it's a really positive, psychologically safe and empowering type of culture that will help everyone to thrive. But we also find situations where either it's a new leader coming into an organization where there's a really unhealthy culture or a leader, you know, just you know, we all learn and grow as we go. And so someone who finds himself in a leadership role, they don't really know what they're doing. There's kind of an unhealthy culture that develops. And over time, they start to realize what they need to do differently. Now they want to change it in, in a more healthy direction. And it's it's always more challenging <laughs> when yeah. you're when you're trying to address it that way post hoc after the fact, uh, as opposed to starting it from the beginning. It is possible. It's just going to take longer. It's going to take more concerted effort and more attention and resources to, to shift and change an already unhealthy, difficult and negative culture to a more positive one. Yeah, it's, it's um, the whole concept is really connecting the culture with the vision. Uh, and it starts uh, from the top 
repeating the, the, the vision of the company, the, uh, what we're trying to accomplish here, what, uh, what our purpose is, if you want to uh, get into the uh, Simon Sinek uh, type stuff, you know, uh, knowing your purpose, where you fit in, knowing the purpose of the team, knowing the purpose of the company, and knowing the purpose of where you fit in the, the, the whole environment of uh, business and uh, uh, entertainment or wh what, whatever we're dealing with, the nonprofit, where you fit into that process, connecting the people with the, or connecting the culture with the, uh, the uh, uh, vision. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Connecting to the vision, the mission, and overall having alignment between and uh, team members yeah. um, purpose uh, and what drives them with the organization's vision and purpose, I think is really, really important to having that positive type of environment and having uh, a healthy organization driving towards really exceptional types of results. So I, yeah, there, oh, go there, ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I, uh, I was just going to add one, one little idea here. Uh, and it comes from, uh, uh, from history. If you look back at the great London fire in 1666, um, where London was basically burnt to the ground, uh, there's a architect, uh, Christopher Wren that was charged with, uh, redesigning St. Paul's cathedral. And he was getting out talking with the uh, workers at the site. He went up to the uh, to the to the to a bricklayer and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" Well, I'm uh, I'm building a wall. He goes up to the second bricklayer. He says, "What are you doing?" He says, "Uh, oh, I'm uh, I'm uh, making money so I can feed my family." He goes up to the third bricklayer and says, "What are you What are you doing?" And he says, "Uh, why well, I'm building a cathedral and it's going to house 1,800 parishioners on on uh, Sunday services, and during the week it's going to house uh." uh homeless people that's what i'm doing now which of those guys is connected with the vision obviously the uh, the cathedral builder and that's that's the that's the essence of being a leader how do we create more cathedral builders oh, i really like that i like that a lot so i know one of the things you um focus on in your work is this ident this uh idea of energy vampires <laughs> I, I think that's a really fun way to describe it uh, tell us a little bit about what you mean by that 
And then how can leaders deal with these energy vampires on your team? Well, it's interesting. I, I can't claim it as my own. That's a John Gordon uh, uh, actual book that he has out called uh, the, energy, uh, the Energy Bus. And in it, he talks about energy vampires. And we all know uh, those people that they walk into a meeting and they just suck the energy out of the meeting. And what do we do um, there's, there, uh, as leaders to deal with those type of people? Well, uh, we can convert them. Uh, we can uh, get them to, to, uh, to uh, hush up completely, or we have to get rid of them. And there's various stages of uh, in between. But what we really want to do is, is convert them into uh, positive energy people. You know, um, the Navy SEALs have a, 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 a thing, you know, hey, we're all we're surrounded by the enemy and they're shooting us. We're running out of ammunition. And they have a, a acronym, they say DWI, not for driving while intoxicated, but uh, deal with it. Uh, you know, there's nothing else that you can do. We're running out of ammunition. We're surrounded by the enemy. Let's just deal with it. Keep, keep going, keep going until we cannot do, I mean, well, in their case, they'd be dead because they, they, they stop. But the thing that uh, needs to be emphasized with energy vampires is it's not dire straits. We have to survive. We have to continue. We have to solve this problem. We can't let it overwhelm us. So uh, learning how to deal with the energy vampires is, is important. And what are some of the ways that you work with um, when you're coaching or consulting? How do you work with leaders uh, and, and point them you know, towards how to deal with energy vampires? Well, uh, there's, there's uh, several different ways, but uh, most of the time it ends up uh, being counseling. And we, we talk about um, establishing a no complaining rule. In other words, um, mindless complaining just is, is part of the en energy vampire strategy. You know, mindless complaining is, all, uh, is, is just, we're complaining about this, we have to do this, we have to do that. One way of of uh, of of ch changing that around is if they're going to have a complaint, because complaints can be good, but you have to offer a solution with it, so that we cut out this mindless complaining. So that's one of the essential elements of it. The other, and the other, we've already alluded to earlier with with counseling and uh, uh, and or ultimately removing someone. Sometimes they um, sometimes they end up removing themselves. I know there's a story that's told about uh, um, somebody coming into the, to their to their boss and said, "This place is just too positive for me. I can't work here anymore." Okay, see ya. You know, um, it, that, that's uh, an easy. That's the easy um, solution. Self elimination. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if they choose to leave, but it is true. I mean, people want alignment with the type of culture that seems to fit with them. And that goes both ways. I mean, that that you know, I don't want to. I I see myself as an optimist. Um, I'm a realist, but I'm also an optimist and I, I, I want to try to focus on positive and moving things forward in a positive direction. And I don't want to be on a team with just perpetual complainers and just lots of negativity. So I'm going to self-select into more positive environments. The same is true, though, the opposite direction. Um, people who are always negative often don't like being around incessantly positive people and they find it annoying so well, per, perhaps they they self-select out too and that's actually probably the easiest outcome for a leader because then you don't have to deal with um the coaching and the mentoring and trying to help someone shift their mindset 
Um, yeah, but, but being positive isn't, you know, like uh, I can be very negative at times too. Uh, uh, also, and, and it's important to understand that it's not a Pollyanna type uh, uh, of outlook. What it is, is uh, when you recognize that you're going that direction, have some tools in your toolkit that allow you to uh, change your perspective. You know, uh, I notice in the background you have uh, uh, a map of Australia. Imagine what the uh, perspective of an Australian is when we talk about the top of the world. I mean, same world, but we're looking at with Australia in the upper left-hand corner instead of the United States. And that's a different perspective of the same world. And by having that perspective, you can change or influence the outcome of something. So uh, having uh, that's what I like to uh, think that I do as a one-on-one -on -one coach is provide some tools to help that person change their perspective. You're going to get negative. Think bad things are going to happen. But how yeah. do we how do we do the what's the um, the Japanese adage of uh, fall down seven times, get up eight? Yeah. You know. Uh, that's, that's the positive outlook. Doesn't mean that when we fell, when we fell down, we went, oh, well, this is so nice. You know, I mean, it's, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be, how do I recover from that? Yeah. So that can influence the outcome, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. It's, it's not a, a pure Pollyannish, Pollyannish, uh, type of an approach. Uh, we have to be realistic and we have to understand that we will face obstacles and challenges we can't just, you know, put our heads in the sand and pretend like everything's wonderful when it's not. There are dysfunctional systems. There are um, things that need to be disrupted. We can improve, and that necessarily means we have to look for opportunities uh, where things aren't working, recognize them, and then we can uh, work towards improvement. But to the point that you made earlier, I think one of the biggest distinctions um, that I see is someone who's just complaining because they're an incessant complainer they're just incessantly negative and they suck the energy out of a room and and people don't really like being around them versus the person who is willing to speak up and speak out who's willing to acknowledge the problems but they are also willing to tackle them and they're willing to offer solutions and they're willing to work towards and put in the the hard work of of addressing the challenges that they they see and that is the true positive kind of culture and climate that i see that i want to aspire to in my own organizations Right. And that's that's an important uh, uh, perspective on how, how to how to uh, move forward. And it's and that's what needs to be uh, uh, put in people's mind. I worked at an airline uh, at one point that went bankrupt. And uh, as the cutback started, going, you know, about every third cubicle was empty. So everybody is hunkered down in their silos. And you could see that the, the basically the communications had stopped and there were rivalries and turf wars and no you know we don't want to commit this we don't commit that. and that starts from the top you know if 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 you're under the gun your company's not doing well how do you maintain the positive attitude to move of hey we need, we're moving forward one step at a time we'll we'll get back to where we were and we'll uh, and we'll be better than we were when when this happened to us and I'm sure that since the pandemic, there's literally thousands of companies that are in that same boat. You know, where do I pivot to now? How do I how do I survive? And I like to use the story. Uh, my brother-in-law is a professional musician. He plays violin, 
and he does some gigs and he does teaching and he has some orchestra work that he does. But again, the pandemic hit. What do I do now? Well, he didn't throw his hands up. He went, oh, what, what tools do I have? What's in my repertoire? And I was talking to him one day and he, he had just finished uh, a, a lesson on Zoom with five violin students over in Sweden. So imagine that here, here's, here's, a, here's a, a musician that pivoted so that he could still maintain. I, I, I just have to admire him for, cause I, I don't know if I could, would have done it all. Cause it would have been one of those, what do I do now? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I have to admire the pivot. And that's what uh, companies are looking at right now is how do I, how do I pivot to, to uh, survive and, uh, and, um, and, and, and become better than we were. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Great, great example. Well, Dennis, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. The time has flown by. I see we're nearing the end of our time together. Before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, uh, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Okay. Um, well, you can contact me at uh, uh, www.beabeing, and I think... No, I, I don't have it on any of the logos, it looks like, but beabean.net. Um, and uh, on there is uh, descriptions of the training that I do and one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching that I do. And I also have a, a book out called uh, Takes More Than Heart, um, changing the, the, the journey's uh, challenges into uh, opportunities. And that would be uh, uh, takesmorethanheart.com. Uh, and the final thing you said, uh, final note to, to, to summary of today, um, I think the most important part is to be to be the being that has that influence that that changes changes those people around you, just like uh, a bean wood in boiling water, changing it into gourmet coffee. Be the influencer, transform the team. Whether you're a follower or a leader. Um, either direction you need to be the influencer that moves everybody forward because that's the only way that we're going to be able to affect the uh the outcome is by our our response to things i love it i love it well thank you dennis it has been a real pleasure talking with you today i encourage listeners to reach out to get connected find out more about what dennis can do for you and your organization and as always i hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and i hope you all have a great week we are excited about the launch of hci's new magazine human capital leadership Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.